Welcome to your headquarters for knowledge and helpful advice on a variety of topics, all from trusted experts in their fields. It's time for River City Podcast. Today, we're talking to Richmond radio legend Bill Bevins, who's been the voice of Richmond for over 50 years on both radio and television. For many of us, Bill has been as vital a part of our morning as coffee and a hot shower. With his friendly, caring voice, his infamous morning, y'all, he has been our friend, our family, and a trusted source that has gotten us through each day. From his top-rated shows on B103 and Light 98 to his daily show on CBS 6, his humor and storytelling abilities shine through. His many awards include the prestigious Virginia Communications Hall of Fame induction. We can still tune in and see Bill co-host WTVR's Virginia This Morning, but for everyone missing Bill on the radio, you are in for a treat. Bill and his longtime friend Bud Myers had been talking for years about how limiting radio stations were in the music they played. It wasn't a breeze to come up with a way to present music to the public the way they wanted. But after 50 years and the opportunities created with streaming, they have found a way to share their vision and the music they love with us. You can enjoy Bill again each morning on The Breeze from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. by streaming from vabreeze.com. We're so excited to welcome Bill Bevins to River City Podcast. Bill Bevins, welcome to River City Podcast. Thank you, thank you, darling. So you are a Richmond legend to so many people. <laughs> you really are. Okay. You are. Yeah. Take us through your journey. I before we get into what you're doing now, I want to just talk a little bit about everything that has happened over the years. Where you started in radio. Just kind of tell us tell us your story. Okay, I was born on Broad Street. <laughs> True. In a little old shop. No, I was born on Broad okay, Street. Okay, explain. Uh, West Hospital, old MCV. Wow. I was born on Broad Street. My first radio job was in Crewe, Virginia, a little AM station, and I started there on Valentine's Day, 1970. Amazing. That so was, I'm just going to say, I'm going to yeah. do the math very easily because I was born one year later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, Valentine's Day, I started, and the love affair has been going on ever since. And um, I was there two years, didn't want to leave. I loved it so much, but realized it's like, eh, you'll starve to death if you stay here. So, then I was lucky enough to get a little job at another AM station, WHAP in Hopewell, Weppy Radio. And had the best boss in the world there, Tom Robinson, Tom O'Shea on the air. He just passed recently, a great guy. And from there, after two years there, started at WRNL in Richmond overnights. I was a production director at XL102 when it first went on the air. And at that point, met Elise Jennings, who was the first woman program director, one of the first in the country, but definitely the first in Richmond. And At a rock station. Yes. That's kind of that's, 1975. So that's a little Claire that. Schaffner, one of the first I mean, female GM. Well, she was a disc jockey as well. Wow. And she was young and hot and hip and just amazing. She kind of turned Richmond on its head for a while and uh, did the big yellow taxi. I don't know if you are old enough to remember that. They had this big English taxi and it was yellow and it would go around and take people who were smashed home from the bars at night, the radio station. I'm going to need that tomorrow night, which is St. Patrick's Day, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's dead, by the way. 
the way. Uh, so um, anyway, so I was there, and then um, after a year there, RNL switched to country, and I went no. I can't do that. I do it because I love music, and I don't. I didn't particularly care for country music at that time. The program director and the GM at that time bought a radio station in Providence, Rhode Island. Went there for a year, froze my ass off. <laughs> I had long hair at the time, and the wind blew all the time, and it was cold all the time. Even in the summer, it was cool. So I, I lasted a year. Then I came back to XL and got a job as a disc jockey at a club on Broad Street called Much More. And it was the biggest club in Richmond at the time. The legal capacity was 800. We'd put 12, 1400 in there from time to time. And I was the manager, assistant manager slash disco disc jockey. It's 1976. Did you have satin pants? I didn't wear pants at that. No. <laughs> I uh, mean, that was definitely some satin tie. I, I had, had satin high heel tennis shoes. Okay. I had okay. high heel tennis shoes. And again, long hair at the time. And was working at XL again as doing production. And and I was there for several years. Did that till 1982 when Easy 104 went on the air. And uh, I did mornings at Easy 104. And we came out of the box with a 20 share. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a monster. And uh, it was... Really cool because it was a huge success, and it was all female run. The general manager was a female. The sales manager was a female. The entire sales staff were females. The only guys in there were the programming department. Actually, we didn't have any women on the air, which was weird at the time. That was a great experience. That, I did that, I think that lasted six, seven years, and that became, it was easy 104 before everybody was hip with digital. It was actually 1037. Mm. So that became B103. Actually, B103 originally, and then B103.7. Right. So all total between Easy 104 and B103, I was there like 19 years at that station doing mornings. Then um, that had run its course, and I went to Light 98 when they switched formats. And that was a great experience as well. Again, everybody underestimated what was going to happen, including the general manager at the time, who was this this country boy from Alabama who didn't know Richmond at all. And he offered me less money than I was making. And I said, I can't work for that. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, how about a bonus program? (laughs) And he said, okay, we do bonus. And so he based the bonus on 25 to 54 females and I don't remember what the number was, but it was ridiculously high to get. And my bonus was $5,000 per book, which was at that time four books a year. So it had been an extra twenty grand a year. We nailed it. We got it. <laughs> so he ended up paying me more than I would have asked for to begin with. And that station was a huge success. And, for um, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and was for years until corporate radio came in and said, we need to tweak this. You're only one, number one by a mile. Right. Yeah. So they screwed it up. And then I went to another place, which we're not going to talk about. <laughs> Total disaster. Well, let's talk about local radio and how it's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, from the time you started till now. Mm-hmm. When I started, I was working at, uh, when I, well, when I, well, HAP, obviously, and WSVS, the owner was there in the building. Yeah. Working every day. It was the sales manager slash owner. By the time I got to RNL, it was owned by a guy named Russ, was his last name, and he owned two other stations, 
big deal. Three stations. (laughs) And then, you know, you fast forward to Clear Channel, which owned 1,200 stations. And, um, yeah, just completely killed everything. I mean, it's just the difference of a mom-and-pop store and a big box store. It's a whole different thing. The thing I loved, the thing I fell in love with, didn't exist anymore by the time I got to the end of it. Yeah, well, what I have been perplexed about is that with all the options we have now to consume music and content, the only advantage that local radio has is being local, is being invested in the community, is having local weather, local news, local DJs with personalities that we see in the grocery store, like Mm -hmm. that comfortable feeling of being invested in our town is the only reason to listen to it versus getting whatever music you want streaming. So why they've single-handedly slashed the only advantage they have is perplexing to me. Well, it was, you know, it was franchised, basically. And, you know, I got into radio and I was told I could get laid and paid. And that was probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Never got paid. So the money was awful and everything, but you did it because you loved it. And that's kind of where I am now with the station, The Breeze. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So you launched this station. Oh, uh, well, with best friend some help. It okay. Okay. So yeah. tell us tell us how that all evolved. So uh, my best friend, Bud Myers, we met in the ninth grade in band. And he was actually a very good musician. I was like, eh, not so much. What were you playing? Saxophone. Okay. Oh, so, oh Rob Lowe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sp- well, St. So, um, yeah, still couldn't get late. Anyway, so, <laughs> so we met then, and we've been best friends ever since. He had a huge career uh, in um, stereo because of music. I had my career because of music. And, you know, he was a big shot in Japan. He had a real job, as we say in radio. Yeah. And uh, traveled all over the world. Retired to the Keys in Florida, Key Largo. And was down there for a while, retired. And he sent me a message and said, you need to come down here because the only thing to do down here is drink and fish. And I don't fish. So I went down and helped him drink. (laughs) (laughs) And so we started talking. Yeah. (laughs) And we're very good at it, actually. So... We started talking at that point, like 10 years ago, and he really wanted to do this idea for a radio station. I was still working in radio at the time. There was no internet radio. I'm like, it costs millions of dollars to start a radio station. And first of all, you can't. There's no standalones anymore. And so that kind of stewed in his brain for a long time. Eventually moved back to Richmond, and he started talking about a year and a half ago or about doing this internet radio. And so we we started looking at it and he did it. Okay, so tell us about it. So first of all, let's talk music. It's always about the music. Mm-hmm. You have a very different approach to the music you're playing. I know that for listeners that don't understand this, part of the reason that radio's gotten a little wacky over the years is that it's gotten so fragmented mm-hmm. that we have to have stations that are just very clear cut in the years of the music stay that's played and the right, stay in your lane. Yeah. And so you guys kind of broke that mold. Well, it's actually very different. What I do and what the other folks on the station do is totally different. I said, he said, well, what do you, what do you want to do? And I said, well, when I first got into radio, we played everything. 
back to your point. So you could play Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin <laughs> to Kenny Rogers. Right. It didn't matter. If it was a hit, you played it, no matter what genre of music it was from. And so you played literally everything as long as it was a good song. Right. So that's that's where I started. I said, that's what I want to do. If it's a great country song, I want to play it. If it's a great funk song, I want to play it. Now, my personal flavor is towards funk anyway or soul. So there's a lot more of that. Then the other content is local musicians, and I want to play a lot of that. So that's incorporated. I'd say about 30 to 40% of the station is local musicians, and the rest is whatever. Bud takes a different look at it than I do. I play hits. He does almost a deep cuts format, but he looks at it from the angle of, okay, we loved Bonnie Raitt in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s when she had all her hits, but she's still making albums and the songs are still great, but nobody hears them. Same thing with James Taylor or any of those artists. They're still out there working and the music's amazing, but you don't hear them anywhere. So that's where he is. And then artists that, you know, you wouldn't hear anyplace else. And again, from all different kinds of music. Adam Stubbs is on in the afternoons. Adam does his island thing. And he's a little closer to my way of doing it. But Adam's a better announcer than I am, so it sounds better. (laughs) And and cheers to Adam, who is also a Pisces like myself. He's got a birthday happening. I think his birthday's today. Yeah. Yeah. So – then at night, back to something I was telling you, we have Elise Jennings, who was that first program director. No way. And she is off the scale amazing. I mean, this girl. Whew. How did you find her again? Oh, she's in Richmond. And we've been friends ever since. Wow. So we've been great friends, actually, for years and years and years. So What an awesome concept and collective. So tell us, for those that aren't aware, like, how do you get in there? How do you program so you it in? So you website. Okay. The website, you can download vabreeze.com, and you can download it. And it's an app on your phone. Like, I listen to it in the car, mostly. It sounds better in your house on a device. But you can Alexa, Echo, whatever, and just say, enable the breeze, and boom, you got it. Amazing. Yeah. Listen up on the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> So what about, let's talk a little bit about the community too, because you've been so involved in the Richmond community. What things are going on with that right now? What are you, what are you doing event wise? Oh gosh. Um, Well, I, you know, I don't do as much as I did at one time for obvious reasons. I'm not in that demand anymore. And I say no now. (laughs) It's funny, uh, you know, and this is off the subject you asked the question about, but I'm at an age right now, past 70. Where I'm still a virgin, by the way. <laughs> seven. Still never happened for you. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> where I can look back and enjoy. It's not all I got to do. I got to claw. I got to climb to the top. I got to do this. I got to master that. I got to beat that person. I got to do you know, None of that applies anymore to me. I just get to do what I want to do. And the breeze fits in there because we're not making any money at this point. Very little anyway. And Bud was concerned. He said, what if we don't make any money? And I went, this is one thing I do really well that I enjoy doing. It's kind of like, not that I'm an artist, but if you think about artists who do art just for art's sake, what I do is not art, but there it is. So, you know, I just kind of go through and do what I want to do. And it doesn't have to please anybody but me. If you want to come along and you get something out of it, great. So, I, you know, I do have a charity coming up. I've got a couple. I'm probably doing 
maybe 10, 12 a year where it used to do 15 a month. Right. <laughs> you know, my tux is worn out. Well, I love it. You're just, you're going to chill and relax and enjoy the last few years that you're on the air. You just mentioned that the radio station isn't bringing in a whole lot and you've supported the Richmond community for so many years. How can we support you back with this station? Listen. (laughs) And advertising, I'm assuming. If you're listening and and you enjoy it and you want to support it, you can go to the website and contact Bud Myers and his wife is a salesperson. And so she'll hook you up and we'll get you on. We've we've gotten a few already. Sloop John B., which is up in front of Regency, is is on the air now. Great dentist office that's on the air. We've got uh, several. But, you know, we're, we're, we're an infant. We haven't even started walking yet. We're we're not even toddlers yet, so it's it's still new. Well, and one of the things that I always loved about local radio was the local personalities doing live endorsements. Are you guys doing that? Yeah, yeah. And we do kind of a NPR approach to our advertisers in that if you buy a spot, you you will get an endorsement, and this hour is brought to you by. Mm. And one commercial, and mentioned a couple of times during that hour, that it's brought to you by whichever the advertiser is. It's it's very few commercials, lots of music. I can't wait to stream. I'm gonna stream as soon as you're gone. Cool. For the rest, I won't of the be day. on as soon as I'm gone. <laughs> Seven to eleven. Seven in the morning to, to eleven a.m. And then Bud is on from eleven until three. Adam's on three to seven, and Lisa's on seven until eleven p.m. Beautiful. Just wall-to-wall music overnight. Lots and lots of music. You know what I wanted to ask you is just with everything we talked about with what has transpired over the years with local radio and and the huge corporations and and all of that, where do you see local radio going in the future? (laughs) I don't. I don't listen. I don't care. I don't, you know, again, it's not the same animal that I, the same relationship I was in love with. I would hope that somebody's going to wake up and realize what we talked about at the beginning. The the only real advantage you have to anything is that you are local. That's, that's all you got. One of my first program directors, Tom Robinson, used to say, okay, music is the bricks that you build your house with, but you guys are the mortar that holds it all together. And you can't have one without the other. But The mortar is what really cements everything back together again. They've taken that out and it just, it's, it's empty. You know, it doesn't have any soul. And when I was doing well and Shelly joined me for the last 17 years, one of the things we talked about a lot was we'd listened to the air checks from our competitors and we go like, they're just laughing and being silly and it, it doesn't have any soul. It's like, okay, we can have fun. We can tell jokes. We can tell funny stories. We can relate in a funny way. But if something serious is going on, some injustice is happening, and you don't have the ability to step away from silly to address that, then that's not real. Right. It's not authentic. Yeah. And you can say that. You were on the air for 9-11. Yes, Yeah, it was Shelly's first day. No way. So she had been working with me. She originally had been doing overnights on weekends. And I'd come in on Monday morning, and the studio was vacuumed, and the coffee was hot, and there was treats over here and, like, snacks and things. And so I said, talk to Boston to letting her stay there a couple of days a week and hang with me and help me do the show. 
And that developed into the whole relationship where she was part of the show, a big part of the show. And it just kind of developed into this thing. And her first day, I say it was her first day, she signed the contract. So we were in the studio doing the show. First plane hits on 9-11. The boss comes in. And we're talking, saying, so, okay, we're watching. It's an accident in New York City. Plane flew in. We'll be doing updates on it. You know? So she leaves with him to go sign her contract while she's in the boss's office, signing the contract. She comes back, the second plane hits, and she starts bawling. We're all scared to death. What's happening? And I stopped, and we're off the air. I said, honey, there's no crying now. Yeah. We're going to be here the rest of the day. Yeah. And this is, this, we might be at war. What do we know? But you got to get yourself, go in the bathroom, throw cold water in your face, get yourself together. Come on, we're, you know, we're going to be here. And so that was her first day on the job. So the difference of being able to laugh at each other's jokes when it wasn't funny to being able to switch to that. I had a relationship with people. I remember a year after I was on the air, I was at a gas station, you know, one of those pump things, and I'm pumping gas, and a lady peeks her head around the the pump, and she puts down the thing, and she comes over, and she she hugs me, and she's crying. I miss you so much. And I'm like, honey, I'm alive. I'm fine. It's true, though. It's that connectivity. That's what made me love local radio. And I'm not saying that just because of who walked into the studio just now. But I really think that the only genre that is still doing that well is urban radio. Yeah. Where the local DJs are still ingrained in the community. Mm -hmm. They are on air. They are not going out to 80 different cities. Right. They're the only ones that have really kept And guess who's number one? Urban radio. And why aren't they figuring this out in the other format? I don't get it, but I do hope that life always seems to be very cyclical. Mm -hmm. Well, you'd hope that it swings back around, but there's so many options like what we're doing today that people can do. And so radio, I think, always will be a factor. I just don't know that it'll ever be that dominant factor that where we, you know, we'd have 150,000 to 200,000 people listening an hour. Right. I just don't I don't know that that's in Europe they're, they're not even putting radios in cars anymore in in Europe. That's insane. <laughs> so so the that future doesn't look good there. Yeah. I just think that the connectivity is is something that we've lost in a lot of different ways from um, putting our feelings and thoughts out on social media instead of a, or text instead of a real conversation. You know that the whole shift of how we've gone I feel like it's got to come back, and I'm hoping that that includes local radio and the other formats and where we can have those relationships with people like you again. Not that there could ever be another Bill Bevins. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a version that actually does get the girl in the end, right? <laughs> I got the girl. You yeah, did, did get, get the, the girl. girl. Yeah. You got I'm the very girl. Very happy, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I hope everybody will listen up on The Breeze. Get that thing VABreeze.com. And I want to thank Bill for my birthday Patron. Yeah, baby. And please give Adam a hug and a happy birthday for yeah, me. Yeah. And um, cheers to St. Patty's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody who does listen. And thank you for what you're doing, connecting people on your podcast. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for 
Thanks for listening to River City Podcasts. If you're interested in setting up a podcast for your business, go to rivercityconsulting.com 